Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, so today I have Levi Breederland with me, and my name is Levi Russell. We're going to be talking about, today we're going to be talking about family versus rugged individualism. And so I think what's interesting is there are these two, I think these are both things that we often characterize as being common themes for the right. You know, the, the, the right wing cares about family and the right wing, the right wing also cares about being, Oh, you know, rugged individualists. We don't need anybody else. Uh, you know, and, and I think, I think maybe there's a way that people can sort of, um, make those two things at least seem consistent, but I don't know. I, I think, I think there are, uh, there are some, significant differences between the the sort of worldview you get if you take those two things seriously. And I think where it diverges is how, how we treat the concept of place and the importance of, you know, a, a physical location for a community. And so um, I think when we, when, when you, when you have that concept of place, the, you can see a division between um, your actions that support a family or support the family as an institution, not just as, you know, a nuclear family, you know, two parents and, you know, two kids or whatever versus, you know, well, the place doesn't matter. So you need to be a rugged individualist. You need to be willing to go wherever you can um, in service of some other, um, some other issue. And I think where we see this the most is, um, you know, especially in recent discussions of sort of the bigger issues that are, um, that have come up thanks to, you know, Trump's discussions of trade. Um, and, and I think in Canada, you know, um, the, the sort of very open door policy of, uh, on immigration, uh, of Trudeau and, um, it, it it just seems that there is not this concept of, you know, this is where I live. This is my community and my place. And, um, you know, this, the rugged individual in perspective, in individualism perspective says, well, if you can't find a job in your local area, then you just move. And it just, and none of the other stuff matters. And so what I thought is we would talk about those, these two kind of, practical directives and how people should handle their behavior, uh, you know, in, in terms of these two things and what, what if, is there some higher thing that we should be concerned about um, this, you know, besides just our, uh, you know, uh, just worrying about, well, where am I going to find a job and, you know, should I be willing to move? And I think what I'll do is I, I want to start off just by kind of telling my story of the last six or seven years here. Uh, so I grew up in a small town in Southeast Kansas, uh, right in the middle of the U S and, you know, I think my family had a very strong sense of place to a degree. Um, on my father's side, you know, as far as I know, my family settled there when they came to the U S in the late 1800s and, um, they just stayed, uh, you know, my grandparents, lived uh, three miles west of us on the the established farmstead. And then I lived, my dad had bought the old farmstead from my grandfather. 
And so the house that was there that was like one room or two rooms way back in the 1800s, that was the house I started my life in. Um, and of course I had more rooms, you know, they, they built a kitchen and stuff like that. <laughs> but, but the, the, the thing about it is, is they had a really strong sense of place. Now my mom's side of the family it's a little different because my grandpa was in the, in the Navy. And so, you know, they had lived in Japan, they'd lived in California. Um, and they had sort of ended up, uh, he became a preacher and they had ended up in Southeast Kansas. And so then, you know, I go off to college and you know, this is a, this is a big deal for my family, right? Everybody I know and my family lives in pretty much in this small area in Southeast Kansas. And then a couple family members on my mom's side, uh, live in the cities, uh, near there, Wichita, Kansas and Kansas city area. Um, but my dad's side, everybody stays in that one little area there. Hmm. Um, and you know, so I go off to college, I spend eight and a half years at K state getting two degrees. And then, um, once I have my PhD, we move to Texas. Cause of course, you know, education wise, I mean, if you, if you have a PhD, you've, you've pretty much pigeonholed yourself into, you know, relatively small number of jobs in any location. And in most locations, there is no job for you. Um, so I end up, I start off at Texas A&M and Corpus Christi and I, you know, so I'm 900 miles away from, you know, the place of my birth. Um, and so that, you know, moving to college was no big deal compared to that. I mean, that was a huge change. Um, and so by this time, you know, we have two kids. <clears throat> my second child is born down there in Texas and then we move again to Athens, Georgia, which is even farther away, I think. Um, not, not, not too much farther away uh, in terms of just total miles traveled, but uh, way over to the eastern, you know, to the east coast, basically. And um, we spent two years there. And then last year around this time, we moved back home to Kansas. And it's, it's just been such an interesting thing for me coming back home and being able to see my family, my extended family, and, and to sort of recognize how important that, that is to, to me and to my children um, and my wife. So we live in my wife's hometown now. Um, you know, and her parents are just uh, a few blocks away. Um, and it's, it's, it's been such an important thing for me because, you know, I, I had tons of opportunity where I was. Um, Job-wise, everything was going fine for me, but you know we wanted to come home, and and I'm realizing now how important that was for me, and how much I would have given up um, just to come home. But I also recognize that you know other people don't. I think it's one of these things where you don't, given the culture today, it's hard to see it until it actually happens. Until you actually take the step, it's hard to see. Uh, you know, how much it benefits you in the long run if, if, if you just take that step. Oh yeah. So, so what, what are your thoughts on all of this kind of, you know, the importance of place versus sort of economic opportunity? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, um, so I'm like a first generation native to the area in Canada because my parents are both from, from other countries so like I grew up with no family connections within a day's journeys, um, either by car or by plane, depending on which, which family you wanted to see. And so I have no 
no like emotional ties to the area where my parents live and where I grew up other than the fact that you know that's where they are I don't have extended family in that area um and when I look at like my dad's side of the family and his his childhood like he he grew up in a town where all his family lived and where his ancestors had been for a while and everyone is still in that area if i if i go to holland i'm going to go to this one area and you can you know visit everyone in a day because they're all so close together so it's it's such a a difference um between this idea that it's like we're from this part of this nation or this province or state or whatever and you kind of you know your area that you're from and and all these family members and and history and then for me to to say like yeah i've you know i've lived in alberta for seven years now but i don't have i don't have deep roots right like my my roots that my connections are so shallow um we spent we we just stopped this but uh we spent two years uh living in the same house as my wife's parents and and kind of experimenting with that uh partially to to raise to to save money so that we could buy a house um but yeah so we spent two years like in very close proximity with family and definitely miss it like I think uh, living in the same house might be a little bit much, um, but <laughs> yeah. now like we're yeah. maybe a little, a little close to the mother kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it like, it wasn't bad, but it, there was definitely times and, you know, yeah. being able to hear the neighbors upstairs all the time and that kind of thing. Um, right. But like now we're, we're two hours away from them now. Uh, they moved, they moved South to be closer to work and we moved North to the town that we wanted to live in. And then you live really far and away so, from your parents, right? From your parents. Yeah, my parents are 13 hours by car, okay. 12 and a half hours, something like that. Cheaper to drive than to fly, so measure it in, in driving time. But yeah, like now, like we don't have family close by. We have, we have close friends, and that's part of why we chose to, to move to this town. But yeah, it's, it's so different than to, like I, I talk to, to family members in, in Holland and they'll say like, Oh yeah, we, you know, we biked over to, to this person's house for dinner and, and that kind of thing. It's like, that's so, so foreign. Mm -hmm. And to have like the, the history too, like when, when going to Holland with my dad, he'll, you know, point out houses that it's like, Oh, my friend in high school lived there and my uncle used to live there and now my cousins live there. And, it's like you know so much history and you have such such a like intrinsic connection it's not just the fact that you still live in a certain house it's like yeah that house has been in the family for generations or that farm has been in the family for generations right yeah so i think you know probably going on 150 years that house is still in my family so my grandparents died a few years ago um and my um well i think when my father passed um, I think we sold that house to my uncle or he had bought it before, but this, you know, this whole little hill in Southeast Kansas. And yes, there are hills in Kansas, uh, <laughs> not in the Western part of it, but in the Eastern part of it, there are, 
um, this whole little hill, my family owns the whole hill. You know, my, my, my uncle lived on the other side and we lived on, on the one side and now he owns the whole thing. And, um, you know, then he, he bought my, the, the old farm, the, the newer farmstead, um, after my grandparents died. And so, you know, our family is kind of staying in this one little location and, and yeah, I guess for you, it it just seems like, you know, like I can, I can drive home. I can do kind of what your dad does in Holland. Like I can drive, you know, an hour South of where we live now. We live in Eastern Kansas now, um, just South of Kansas city. But, um, you know, I can, I can go home in an hour and then I can drive around this area and see my old friends, uh, you know, homes and, and many of my friends from high school still live there or they live around this area. Um, you know, and they didn't go far. They didn't go, you know, maybe they live, outside of the suburbs of Kansas city. Cause it's so expensive to live there, but you know, I can go and I can visit my home, you know, where I grew up, where I was born. Um, I guess it, that's, that's another thing. If, if more people are staying in their, you know, their childhood region, then it's not just family. It's you have friends and other connections that you you've known since you've been a kid that are still, you know, relatively close by. Yeah, after we moved back and my third son was born, I I, uh, I got a few of my high school friends to meet me at a distillery uh, here in the town we live in now, and you know we just had like a you know a little uh, a little liquor tasting and and I I grabbed some food from the local barbecue place and we just you know kind of sat around and and uh, chatted and stuff like that about you know family and kids and all that and it was it, you know it's just it was different from anything we'd been able to do before because you know when we moved to south texas i mean you know texans are just different kinds of people <laughs> than we were used to you know we're we're sort of you know uh i guess sort of pseudo southern midwesterners i mean uh you know southeast kansas is odd because it's so close to missouri and and to the hills and stuff it's it's sort of southern to a degree uh, my, my cousins live in wichita they say y'all all the time so <laughs> uh, you know, it's, <laughs> so there's a little bit of that, but, but, you know, people in Texas are just different and they're not, they're not bad people. They're not, they're not, they're not evil people. Uh, they're perfectly nice. I mean, you know, Corpus Christi was full of Catholics. I mean, the, the whole diocese is that one city. Is, there's that many. Oh, Catholics. wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that part was really not really neat, but we just had such a hard time, you know, in fact, actually it was funny most of the people we ended up befriending were also transplants to the area. So there were very few people oh, that were, you know, like Corpus Christi, you know, people <laughs> that we ended up becoming friends with. And the same thing in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, like the, the real salt of the earth, Georgia people called me a Yankee all the time. You know? <laughs> and it was, it was just such a, it was such an odd, um, you know, experience. You just, you just feel out of place, you know, it's, it's just not, um, you know, and so I remember talking to one of the guys when one of the guys in Georgia when we were moving back, um, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, you're probably going to feel more at home just because you know you're going to be more comfortable around all the people there because they're going to be like you, you know. Oh yeah. He was trying to be rude, but um, and he didn't he didn't call me a Yankee, thankfully, but it was just one of those things where you know I, I think he it's sort of like he understood you know and and um, you know why you would want to go home. And it's just such a funny thing, I think, because, you know, people, it's, it's such a, I think we should talk about age a little bit, you know, because it's like when you're a kid in a small town, you're like, all you want to do is just get out of there. Right. And I mean, <laughs> plenty of country songs from the nineties about this, you know, that you, all you want to do is leave, 
you know and then it, then and then of course you know with the country songs it's like oh well then you know i turned 35 and i decided i wanted to go home you know kind of thing <laughs> um but is there do you think there's something about youth that makes us want you know i mean and, and i guess for you like you're kind of having to just sort of resettle where you're at right because i mean you know yeah. conceivably you could just I guess we'll talk about the job thing later but but do you think is there something about like being young that like you just want to get away is that or do you think that's everybody or you think that's personality driven i that's a good question it it's interesting that a teen slash young adult when you have so little responsibility and so little connections, like if you're, if you're required to, you know, raise your own room and board, you're one person. It's, it's not difficult compared to when you have a family. So I think part of it is when you're done high school, it's kind of like you're free for the first time in, you know, your entire life. You have no, no responsibilities, no connections that have to be, kept which is why people love to travel at that that stage right. of life yeah sort of and like if you've you been have in... to take care of yourself so it's it's not like you yeah. have this because once you have a family right then then it's like you have this responsibility of of protection and care um yeah and and i think so... if you're like if you're in a small if you've grown up and spent your entire life in a in a small midwestern town or something like especially these rural areas um yeah, it's like, oh, I want to move to the city. I want to, you know, get into real culture and get away from the family that I've been cooped up with for all these years. But then, you know, once See, you I think, I think a little, that's a result of technology, right? It's like, it's sort of like, you know, like, like the story of Adam and Eve, right? Who told you you were naked, right? It's like, like, who, oh, yeah. who told you you were, a, you know, a stupid hick, right? Um, you know, it's like, because because the you know sort of the media and entertainment class and the journalistic class you know um just sort of um there's thunder i don't know if you can hear that in the mic but uh it's raining out here in kansas um you know you 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 hear you hear nothing but the sort of the glamour and all of that of somewhere else you know, yeah. and so it's like, well, there's nothing I want to do, but go to, you know, see something else. It's like, I'm missing something. And I feel like, you know, if you get to the point where you, you, you build a family, then I think you got to have something in you that says I'm missing out on something. You know, cause I mean, to a degree, I was happy just, you know, driving back for holidays every once in a while and having family come visit us. But you know, the more, the more time I spent and, you know, some of my cousins passed away, um, you know, so I was flying back for funerals and stuff. And it was like, you know, why am I, why, what are my priorities here? Why am I flying back, you know, spending all this money to fly back mm. to this funeral? I should just be here. Like I should just, it should be, you know, a couple hours drive, you know, like it shouldn't be this, this, um, you know, giant mess to come back to my family. You know, I'm lucky enough to have a big family um, on my father's side anyway. And um, it's like, why, what am I putting ahead of this? You know, and so, yeah, I think, I, I think to an extent, it's, it's sort of a, it's definitely not a nature thing. It's a nurture thing where, where people, yeah. you know, are, we're, we're kind of taught. And I think, you know, maybe people in cities, I have no idea. I mean, you know, it's like, it's all right there at your feet. So 
maybe, you know, some of those people want to leave a city to move to the middle of nowhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that fits with the rugged individualism thing. Right. But, but I think again, those people all, I mean, I think that whole, well, I'm going to strike out on my own kind of thing. And I guess we can get into the job part for this now. You know, it's like, well, I gotta, you got to strike out on your own, right? You got to have that American spirit, right? You got to go West, young man. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, but why? Like that, to me, that only makes sense if two things are true. One, if your family priority is relatively low. And two, if the only thing that matters in terms of family is your nuclear family, not your extended family. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, if, if your parents are in the similar situation where they, you know, struck out on their own and are half a day's travel from, from their family, then you don't have as many local relatives as, right. as a teen. And so it, the cycle kind of repeats itself in that way. Right. So you're, you're sort of like a, so you're a, like a second generation immigrant to Canada, right? Yeah. yeah. And so whereas me, I mean, I, you know, I don't know, fourth maybe, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not a child of the settlers of the, of the U S you know, like from 500 years ago, but um, you know, my family came over much, much more recently as far as the family that I know of. I don't know about my, my, my mother's side that much, but the fact that I can't even, the fact that I don't even know, you know, how long ago, you know, it just, it's, it makes my situation, I think, different from yours in that sense. And, you know, I can remember um, when we lived up in Manhattan, that was kind of the area where my wife's family was from. And, um, you know, her, her one side of her family is just all Austrians, you know, and so we, we went to this family reunion in this little church in the, you know, I had this little graveyard and the graveyard was just her family. Like, wow. I mean, it was so, it was so cool to see that, you know, and, and so there's, you know, there's all these 75 year old guys that are like six, three, you know, cause they're all like giant Austrians. <laughs> it, was, it was terrifying, <laughs> but, uh, cause they were all taller than me by, by a lot. But anyway, um, it was, it was so cool to see that, you know, to just see like, you know, the, the, the soil there, right. Even, even the soil was like impregnated with, you know, her family, <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, it was just so cool to see that. But, but now it's like, I think people are just expected to move for a job. Right. And so of course, college, I think is part of this, right. The whole idea that's like, well, you know, you got to move away to college. Right. And for most people, I mean, yeah, college is so much of an idea of like you, yeah, you go and you live in the dorms or whatever. And right. And if you're, if you're already in a city that has a school, you, you're like, oh, I want to get out of the city and go to a different city and see something different. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's a funny thing, actually, is, is I almost think the dorm is sort of like an incubator for this rootlessness, you know? Mm. Like, like maybe in the past when relatively few people went to college and they were potentially a lot farther along in life and more mature, Right. So when, in other words, when everyone sort of was, was expected at age 18 or age 16 to kind of be able to provide for themselves and, and expected to be, you know, adult enough to handle that, then <laughs> dorm life was a totally different thing, right? You had already kind of set yourself up in terms of who you are and, um, you know, how, how you're going to handle your life. So the dorm wouldn't have affected you as much, but now because, I mean, we're hearing this phrase K through 16 for peace sake, 
Like, oh yeah, you know, it's like, what, like, what, what are we talking about? You know? And so because of that mentality, you know, this idea that like, well, you're still, you're still a kid, right. Even though you're 21 years old, um, you know, it, it just, it's like, okay, so now I'm, you know, I'm still attached to my parents, right. They're still claiming me on their taxes, but <laughs> here I am living in this dorm full of, you know, um, other people my age, right. Who are also completely immature, <laughs> you know? And so yeah. it just, it's like, it's almost like this weird thing where it's like a, it's like a halfway house between being connected to your family on the one hand and sort of your breakout to, you know, um, you know, de- striking out on your own and being a rugged individual. And I just think it's, I, I think it's pernicious. I, I think it's just terrible. Um, I mean, it's, it just contributes to, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying your parents are bad people for, for going to Canada. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I could imagine Alberta being a wonderful place. I've been to North Dakota, you know, it's, it's gotta be similar, but, um, (laughs) except for the different accent, I guess a different, it's it's interesting. Like the reason why my parents ended up in Canada is because, well, so my parents met, in Cyprus. My dad was working in Cyprus and my mom was on a, a short term missions trip training thing. Um, and so they, they, they met because they were both, you know, out of their normal region where they grew up. And then because, you know, they're both disconnected. They're like, well, now we can, we can kind of go wherever. And they, they ended up, um, my mom grew up in Oregon so they were in Oregon and then my dad ended up getting a job offer in Canada. So like they, they are so they were like, they were already disconnected. So they said we might as well, well go where, go wherever. Right. And, but it's and I think, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. It, it's interesting. Just, just seeing like the people who, you know, like if you go off to school somewhere else and then, you know, you meet someone and fall in love and whatnot. Um, and it like, you're both, you're both somewhere outside of your, your, where your roots are. You're, it's just, yeah. it's another thing that's helping you say like, Oh, well we can, you know, we might as well live somewhere kind of in between. And it's like, well, no, you should go back to where one, one side of the family lives at least. So it's, it's, I think it's what's interesting about this is that it's, 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 you know, family is such a strong thing in the sense that it has the capacity to build, right? It has the capacity to build ties that last and it has the capacity to, you know, develop communities, right? Groups of families that, that not only, um, you know, help each other through the, the act of commerce, right? But also, you know, through that commerce and, and other, uh, you know, voluntary type dealings, can also become, you know, something of itself. Right. And we give these things a name, right. We, we give towns names, um, you know, and, and, and that, that has meaning to it, but at the same time, there's this other force that, I mean, you know, I don't know, call it enlightenment liberalism or whatever that is not strong in the sense that it can build. It's only strong in the sense of that, that, that cancer is strong, right. That it can infect something and destroy it from within. Right. And so it, it, it gets into these communities and just hollows them out, you know, because now it's like, well, the place is just, you know, 
well, you know, the name of your town is just the name for the dirt that happens to be encircled by, you know, some government boundary. Well, no, it's the people that live there, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, um, I heard this great analogy. Um, so like, you know, the, the, the cells that make up your body are probably not the same ones that when you were a kid, right? Like those individual cells have died and, you know, fallen onto the ground or whatever. Right. And, but you are still you, right? Even though you're made up of a different group of cells, right? So that place, that location, that community is still the same community, even though the individuals, you know, some of them have gone into the dirt, right? And we have new ones, <laughs> but that community is still a community. And, and to me, you know, so, so again, I think, I think there's this, there's these opposing forces that are strong in different ways and, and you just have to figure out how to keep that enlightenment liberalism at bay to the extent that it has pernicious effects. Um, you know, you want to keep it at bay because it, it is so destructive. Um, and one of the ways you see this, I think is, is the economic thing, you know, so I left, you know, Kansas because I had, I mean, you know, I had, I had put myself into a position where it was going to be hard for me to find a job in the state. I mean, you know, and I just didn't really care that much at the time. You know, I was like, well, you know, there's some job openings. And so I applied and I, I flew to several states for interviews. And I, my first opportunity that I got was in Texas. And so I took it, um, you know, and so <clears throat> I had put myself in an economic situation where, you know, I was just going to have to take the job that I could, you know, that I was number one interested in and qualified for, but, but also that would take me, you know, because I mean, the market's really small. Um, for agricultural economists, you know, <laughs> uh, it's for, a small for, group. So anyone with a doctorate in general, like all the, yeah. all the people I know or know of who have doctorates are all, you know, have lived in, you know, five cities in the last 10 mm -hmm. years kind of thing. Right. And, 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 you know, compared with something that's very generic, like sales, right. It's so like, you know, you can, if you're, if you're a good salesman, then you can go anywhere, right. I mean, you can sell anything you know and so yeah eventually you kind yeah. of narrow down into a certain area but but even then right if you're if you sell pharmaceuticals i mean you can sell that anywhere so um it, it's just such a it's such an interesting um thing how much this this concept of you know career um you know the and commitment to career in some in some ways over family right and i don't think most people would admit that but career over your family, the importance of, you know, the, 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 um, the, the money and the status, right? Uh, yeah. How much that affects our decisions to live in different places, you know, and, and I was able to find a position, you know, in my wife's hometown. I, 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 I'm, that, that was a miracle literally. Um, but so what do you think about, about that sort of thing, about, about people's sort of employment decisions and, and family and maybe how things have changed with technology? Yeah. Yeah. At least in recent years, like there's definitely a, an uptick in the amount of businesses, especially like in, in my field of work, like anything technology related, there's an uptick in businesses saying like, yeah, we want to hire people offsite because it is financially uh, a good decision for the business. So that's, that's a, a nice thing to see. I'm like, you know, I work from home. This is, this is where I work. And so I'm, I'm not so tied down to a location and I can, I can say I want to live an hour out of the city kind of thing, but it's definitely, it's 
it's definitely something that should be considered. Like don't let, don't let the job itself define everything in your, in your decision-making. Like I know, I know one guy who, uh, he, he used to live in the town that, that I grew up in. Um, and I'm friends with his kids. Um, and his, he was working downtown Vancouver and his commute was two hours one way. Oh my God. And just nonsense. And so his family decided at some point they said like, you know, we can sell our house. We can move a lot closer and cut back on, on the commute time, which is what they ended up doing. Um, so they, they made a decision to kind of uproot and be further from the family they had in the area. And now they're, you know, they're like an hour from, from their, their previous roots. Mm -hmm. Um, so in a, in a way, like they, they kind of, they cut some connections and, and lost some contact there, uh, for the sake of reducing commute time. And in his situation, it's kind of like he had to do it because he was working at businesses downtown and he needed to be, he well, needed I think, to be closer. Yeah. So I, I think that and for and in his situation, like he was saving, saving over two hours a day that he was then spending with family. So in that way, it's good. But on the flip side, if you, if you make decisions solely because of the work situation and say like, Oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't need to see my, my extended family all that often. I'm going to, you know, move halfway across the country. Right. Like, well, there's, there's more than just, just money involved here. Yeah. And, and I think so, you know, in that, in that guy's situation to an extent, it's, you know, it's like, well, does, does he, you know, even just in the wording, right. Does he have to work in the city? I mean, you know, again, most people have opportunities that they can work in other places. Now, would they have to take a pay cut? Sure. But if, if it means, and, and again, I'm, I'm adding more to the situation, but like, let's say his extended family all lived near where he was. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. He can, he can spend more time with his children. Yeah. Right. But, but, exactly. but the nuclear family isn't the whole thing. Right. I mean, the extended family is important too. And so it's like, if he, you know, if he had made a different decision and said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to find a, you know, potentially lower paying job. And of course, you know, some people just aren't in that situation, right? Some people can't take a pay cut because, you know, they're, they're only able yeah. to meet their needs, right? They're not over consuming. I mean, it just, it gets into so many different things. Cause I was told a long time ago when I was a teenager that, you know, it, the phrase, I don't have time is totally meaningless. <laughs> what, what, what you're really saying is I have priorities that don't line up with what you're asking me to do. Mm, right. Yeah. I mean, everybody, it, it, you know, time is a great equalizer, right? Everyone has 24 hours in a day, no matter who you are. Right. And sure you can buy someone else's time if you're rich, but the point is you have 24 hours in a day. So I don't have time. Doesn't mean anything. I have priorities. <laughs> and so the thing is, is like, what are your priorities? And yeah, if you're in a situation where, you're only meeting your basic needs and you can't, you know, you can't afford to do something different, you know, fine. But if, if it's like, well, you know, I got to make my boat payments, eh, you know, <laughs> you don't need a boat, like, <laughs> you know, prioritize your family, you know, or your extended family over your boat. Yeah. Um, my dad always says you have, what is it? He says time, energy, and money. Like everyone has the same yeah. amount of time 
and then we have energy and money and and those are your your three core resources and all three should be taken into account when when you're evaluating the cost of something and not just not just the dollar value so the idea of evaluating a lower paying job but having better connections with where you grew up or whatever is something that I would say you need to add a fourth thing in there, right? You need to add, you know, my family and my roots into that equation, you know, so you're making a decision about, you know, where you're going to locate. I mean, you know, it's, it's good to be around the community that, you know, that gave birth to you. Right. And then this whole idea, there's so many intrinsic benefits to, to being closer to family and, yeah. being closer to just more people that you have a, a strong relationship with. And you know, it, and it's, and it's and the fact that you, you know, you know, the guy who does something because you grew up with him and you, right. you yeah. have family member around that can provide babysitting. It's another example. Exactly. No. And that, and that's, that's, that's such a huge thing. Well, and, and even still like, you know, we had, um, what, you know, we've had our in-laws babysit, but we also had, you know, another family uh, in, in our parish, you know, the, 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 the parents are, you know, like half a generation older than us. And so their kids are like teenagers. Mm. And so we had one of their daughters come and babysit our kids. And, you know, it was, it was such a neat thing because it wasn't like, it wasn't one of these, you know, these dating service app things, right. Where you, <laughs> you know, like, no, I actually see this person, you know, in, in the flesh, right. In, you know, in front of my face at mass, and, you know, I hired them because I know them. I didn't hire them because some app said that, you know, she was a good babysitter. Like, like, why can't we just have relationships with normal people instead of having like a stupid app make the decision? But, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, so the town we live in now, which is about 1,500 people, <laughs> there's, there's families who've been here for since, I would say, 120 years. Like, basically since the area was settled that have strong French roots. Like this area was very French. Ah, okay. Hence why it has a goofy French name and all the streets have French names. Um, But it's, it's interesting. Like there's families who've been here for multiple generations and they're so well connected and, you know, they have a brother-in-law who works at the shop and, Mm. you know, the sister works down the street and, and that kind of thing. And there's, you know, there's not that many businesses in town, but, the moment you have those stronger connections, like there's a reason why you're going to buy the slightly more expensive thing right. in your local area because you have that emotional tie. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole, the whole economic aspect of buying local too. Like if you have local ties that are convincing you to, to buy local, even if it's more expensive and that money is staying in the community rather than, you know, going to some mega corporation it there's there's a lot more to be considered than just the the dollar price of something yeah and so i think i think that's a good example of something where it 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 sort of puts a a constraint on your behavior right like the idea that you're supposed to buy local there to support this community that that is a that's again not just a piece of dirt with you know a government line around it um you know, and so I think what, what, why people balk at that to an extent is because they see it as a constraint on their behavior. But of course, as we know, right, as conservatives, as actual conservatives, we know that constraints on your behavior that you did not agree to explicitly are good things, right? I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what having a family is about, 
right? Even beyond, even beyond being a child, right? You have an obligation to take care of your parents in their old age. And, and that's just an obligation given to you, right? It's just, it's, it's part of life as humanity has it, right? Yeah. And, and so I think another interesting aspect of all that is that if you're in this locality that, you know, is not a giant city, right? And you can't just go wherever you want. It, it almost forces you into a situation where you have to not be a jerk, right? And it's <laughs> like, you know, if there's only, you know, one, I don't know, uh, my, my, there's this new shop in town that sells, um, soap made from goat milk or something. Uh, you know, and so it's like, you know, if you really like goat soap, this is the one goat soap dealer in town. Right. And if, and if you go in there and start, you know, yelling and screaming like an idiot, you know, and being a jerk to him, well, you know, no more goat soap for you. Right. And it's like, and that's okay. That's a good thing. Right. It, like, I can't imagine being in a city where you have, you know, five goat soap dealers and you're just a, you're a jerk to all four of them and you're, you end up at the last one and that's it. Right. Well, I don't even want to give you that option. Right. You need to be nice to the goat soap salesman. You know, it's, it, they're, they're, they're part of your community, you know, and the fact yeah, that you have not a, just a business that you're giving money to and getting exactly. a product from. Right. It, it's, it's a relationship. Yeah. And, and, and so the fact that you have a constraint in your choice is actually a good thing for both of you. Right. And so, cause I mean, it, you know, it's not like the shop owner has all the power, right? Cause if, if enough people decide that, you know, they're tired of the goat soap quality, you know, it's like, well, we'll get another goat soap dealer in here, you know, we'll, we'll run you out of town on a rail, you know? <laughs> and so I, I just, you know, that, that's just something that I think, again, we don't think about and we have this attitude. And I mean, even, you know, have you ever seen the show? Everybody loves Raymond. No, I haven't. You haven't. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I guess it's an American show. I don't know. Uh, Canadian I, I had a sheltered childhood. Oh, well, yeah. Me. Plus you're younger than me. So, and everybody loves Raymond is a pretty old show, but the, the premise of the story is there's this guy who's a sports writer and his name is Raymond and the show is about his family. So he has a wife and I think two daughters or something, but his kids are barely ever in the picture on the show. And then the star of the show is his mother-in-law who is like the most invasive person, right? And they live like across the street. Okay. And she's just like always in his house. No, sorry. It's not his mother-in-law. It's his mom. It's his mom. And so his wife resents her, you know, and, um, and, and she's a sweet lady, but she's just, she's like inadvertently extremely invasive. And, you know, it, it, nobody would say that the show is like left wing, but the impression you get from the show is like, <clears throat> you know, your extended family's a pain in the ass, you know, Ray's life would be so much better if it was just him and his wife, Deborah and their kids. Right. And he didn't have his, you know, depressed, you know, curmudgeonly father to deal with all the time, right? Who's always mean to his wife, you know, Ray's mom. And it's like, it's just such a mess of a thing, right? If we're talking about, you know, wanting to promote the concept of family as a good thing for everyone. Mm. It, it's, on, the, on the topic of media examples, it's interesting, like if you look at uh, my big fat Greek wedding, um, and how there's such a good family vibe there because, you know, it's this whole extended family. And even though they are immigrants yeah. in the story, they're, they have a, they have a like, whole community. They have a whole community of yeah. Greek people. Yeah. 
all the immigrants are in this one area and everyone yes. knows everyone and yeah i, I love when i love when uh when when the the guys parents show up and they're sort of like these waspy you know uh English <laughs> and they come up and they're like you know they have their bunt cake and like you know, her mom can't say bunt correctly. And oh, yeah. Her, you know, her dad, who's so proud of everybody, he's like, and this is Nick and his other brother, Nick and his brother, Nick, you know. And I, 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 I do like that movie, except for the way they treat the dad. You know, the dad, of course, his dad is the classic, you know, moron, you know, effeminate jackass father, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it goes with our, um, you know, our Simpsons dad episode, but. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah right. There are some really good aspects to that movie, and and uh, it, it it is such a a nice thing to see that you know he sort of has his Greek pride, you know, and like their house yeah. is like all decked out and all this, all these Greek statues and stuff. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's too bad that like that's the only example I can think of off the top of my head that that's that has that you know the strong extended family storyline. Right. Yeah, you're right. And, and it almost like, it definitely makes fun of it in a sense. Like some people like it because it's, it's what they're used to, but it's definitely making fun of this idea that you have all this extended family where everyone knows, knows everyone and everyone's connected through, through blood or marriage or both. And they have all these businesses on this one, you know, like they have the travel agency, they have the restaurant and yeah, exactly. But you know, I think I think there as much as I agree that it does make fun of it, I think there's also, you know, her brother really is out for her good, you know, and and yeah. He he gives um <laughs> he tells he tells the boyfriend to to say something in Greek that's like, you know, very not PG. Um <laughs> and, you know, it uh it doesn't go over well, but but you know, it's it's not it's not like the brother is really trying to like you know, get him to be hated by everyone. He's just giving him hell, you know, in sort of a guy way of, you know, yeah, showing that he's bringing him in, you know? So I, I you know, you're right. I think there are certainly are some, some redeeming qualities of it, even though it does make fun of um, a family. But I, again, I, I go back to, you know, Tucker Carlson's conversation with Ben Shapiro, which I had a whole episode on, um, you know, I, it's called a uh, Tucker versus, Yang or something like that. Tucker Carlson versus uh, Yang, Yang Gang or something. I can't remember. <laughs> it was one of our more popular ones so far. But you know, it's and it's so funny because you know, at one point Ben Shapiro is like, "Well, you know, there's all these jobs in the cities," and and you know, Tucker's like, "Oh, okay. So they, so everybody's just supposed to leave the town where they grew up, leave the place where all the graves the graves of their parents and their grandparents are, and just pick up and move because you know they have to move to the city." just, just for the simple act of like providing for themselves. Hmm. Like this, you know, providing for yourself isn't supposed to be some kind of, you know, um, metaphysical level vocation. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just supposed to be, you know, putting food on the table. Like what, why does it have to be, you know, why does this concept of career have to be so built up and, 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 and elevated above everything else? Yeah. It's like career is the final decider. Yeah. Like, well, this is a good career move, you know, well, you know, the kids, kids won't get to see their grandparents, but you know, twice a year, but you know, this was just, you know, this was good for, you know, if my, if my cousins die, I won't even know it, but you know, I just, ah, it's so irritating. It's interesting. Like you've, you've mentioned the, the graveyard 
several times. And I don't know, it's, it's interesting to think like there are people and places where, you know, every, everyone is buried in that same graveyard and you can walk through the graveyard and, and like relive family history. And then you look at a lot of us immigrant families, it's like, well, my grandparents are in one graveyard and my parents will be in a different graveyard and I will be in a different graveyard than that. And that kind of, it shows how, how much people have moved around. Yeah. And, and I think what, what's great about that too is sort of the permanence of it, right? Is, is that that's not going to get moved. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I'll say we, we, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the Knights of Columbus and, you know, one of, one of the things that we try to coordinate a lot is we try to help um, maintain the, the Catholic grave site here in this town. So this town has two graves or two, two, yeah, two uh, cemeteries. There we go. One, one is the Catholic cemetery. And it's pretty small. And then there's the municipal cemetery. And, you know, we, we, as the church, like we maintain all of that uh, for our, you know, our, our cemetery. And, you know, I think back to, you know, that my hometown, I, I, we, we grew up outside of a little town and then, um, you know, well, I mean, just like, you know, my, my dad was a road grader operator. And so it's not like we were, you know, rolling in dough. Um, my mom had a job too. And, and my, my grandmother watched us when we were little, uh, you know, like really young. Um, and then, you know, after school and stuff like that, uh, up until a certain age. And then in the mid nineties, when I was, I don't know, nine years old or so, we moved to another town. We moved to the, the relatively big town about 20 miles away because my dad got a job opportunity there. He got, he got hired on to work for the city, you know, and again, it, we were going to be able to be a single income household at that point. So my, my mom was going to be able to watch, you know, to, to just have her time to be a mom. And, um, you know, my, my brother and I were going to go to school <clears throat> a few blocks away. And, you know, we had this little house. It was a three bedroom house, uh, with one bathroom and it had a nice garage. And that's why my dad liked it. Cause it had a nice garage, nice big garage. And, um, you know, that, that was where we were going to, you know, kind of resettle, you know, and, and it's not like we were far away from family. You know, we were 20, 30 miles from most of my family at that point. Um, you know, and then my dad passed away, uh, when he was 33. So, um, you know, so he's buried in that, in that cemetery in that town, the one cemetery in that town. Um, and, and so are, let's see, two of my grandparents, you know, so it's like, that's where my family is, you know, in, in the sense that the, the cemetery tells me where my family is. Right. And, and it's, it, it just seems like, a, you know, something I feel like I just look back and I'm like, what, how did I miss this? You know, how did I miss the importance of the place, you know? And I, don't, I mean, it's not like I like everybody in my extended family. I don't, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm going to go visit them, you know, and, talk to them and stuff like that at, you know, we, we got to go um, to the 4th of July and saw my entire, my entire, my dad's side of the family was all there. Um, you know, and it was so much fun, you know, my kids to play with, you know, their cousins and second cousins. And um, it's just such a, such a joy to be able to do that, even though, you know, it was one night and, you know, um, had to be around the people I didn't like too much too, but, <laughs> but um it's like, you know, there's nothing that can replace that, you know, and nothing that can replace being able to go to, you know, my grandfather's grave and put a, and put a flag on his grave, you know, on Memorial day and stuff. 
Um, and, I, and I just think that, you know, when, when people are thinking about, you know, where they're going to try to settle for their life after, you know, after college and they have a job and stuff, I, I just, I, I got to say that, you know, if they, they're, they're, we're working to their own detriment in a moral sense, <laughs> I think, if they don't consider, you know, that, that place. And, and like you said, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities now where, you know, you can basically work from home. And I think that's just going to increase over time. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if you've got a passion for the trades or something, that's, you know, that's a different story, but there's so many jobs and not, not all technology jobs that can be done from home or from satellite offices. And that's, I'm, I'm glad to see that that's becoming more and more of a thing because being able to walk to work or to go downstairs to the office, yeah. you save so much time and you have, it keeps you, you know, in your local area so much more. We, and we have a real opportunity to, I think, demote work in, in, in sort of the yeah. hierarchy, right? We, I mean, with this whole ability to work from home or work remotely, or at least, you know, I mean, heck, if you, even if you can work remotely like two, two out of five days of the week, I mean, you know, that even if you have an hour and a half commute one way, okay, well, if you only have to do it three days a week, then that's not nearly as big of a deal. Um, and so you can stay in your, you know, in your ancestral home, you can stay where your family is and, 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 and be part of that community and, and do some of those things that are probably more important um, than, you know, choosing where you're going to work. And like you said, with the trades, yeah, sure. But I mean, I don't know, like, I mean, you got to have an, you know, you got to have HVAC technicians and you <laughs> know, electricians in every town. Right. So, you know, there's, there's probably an opportunity not too far away from you if, uh, um, if you go into something like that, but you know, for the yeah. love of God, don't get a PhD because then your job is going <laughs> to where you live. <laughs> so is that, is that the key, the key takeaway from this conversation is you shouldn't get a PhD unless you want to, uh, have to move to get a job. Well, I, well, I think in, in the specific context of not making the mistakes I did with, with, um, with, uh, uh, you know, um, basically making it very, very difficult for you to put things in the right order. Don't do it. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not saying I regret my job and, and all that stuff. I, you know, I, I enjoy that, but, um, you know, so, uh, but, but, but for most people, I think, I think entirely too many of us get PhDs. I think, even though it's a small group of people, uh, I think there's, there's too many, too much of it, especially in things like history and English and stuff. And these people just cannot find jobs. There's just no, there's no sense in it. If you want to make it a consumption good, do it when you're 60, you know, <laughs> don't do it when you're 20. So, well, I think that's a great place to stop. And, and I appreciate uh, Levi, you uh, joining me to talk about this stuff. I think, I think it's really important stuff. And I think um, the more we can kind of add to the conversation on it, uh, the more, uh, you know, people will think about these things a little bit differently. Yeah. Awareness is key in that, in that whole area. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the trad dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.